Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. To another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the effing screwed Matthew Henry. Oh, no, wait, that's not what I wanted to say. I mean, you are effing screwed. The Negroniest, Matthew Henry. The Negroniest. <laughs> the Negroniest. That's you, by the way. You are going to have to drink one Negroni while I watch and laugh. You know, I have been such a Farhan apologist over the last <laughs> like few yes. years. I have been yes, a fan have. until today. Until today, yeah. Ben, when he said they are unlikely to add any more players. And that only means one thing in my world. Like that, that means that I've got to drink a fucking Negroni. <laughs> wow. You just, okay. See, I said effing screwed and you just dropped the F word. You just dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to beat myself out. But, but you know, that's how I feel right now. Like, you know, like, like. Yeah, I admit, I get it. I get it. You want to know how I spent my afternoon, Ben? I spent my afternoon Googling really sweet sweet vermouths that i could use to counteract that awful campari in a negroni and mm. i i failed i don't know i don't i don't think there is a way to make a negroni taste any better and there's no way to do that no that that is that is why we made the bet matthew and i will remind you this was your was idea, idea so sure they were gonna you sign were so one of sure. them i was well so that's because sure. every every pundit on the planet every pundit on the planet <laughs> was like the giants are still going to sign somebody big it's going to be one or two of the boris four it's definitely gonna happen everybody said it i don't know if pavlovich said it because he was on leave but everybody else said it definitely happening there's reason to believe that because every other team is all like, yeah, we're out. Like, we're done. Yeah. You know, they're all no, like, there's... there's like half the teams have their like TV contract revenue up in the air. And the other two, the other half are like, yeah, we're we're done because we, you know, we have a budget. And the Giants are still under what they normally spend on players. They're significantly oh. under the, 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 the luxury tax revenue. And so it seemed like a plausible and a winnable bet to say, Ben, we're going to sign one of those four and you have to drink a Negroni when they do. And then you came back and said, I'll drink two Negronis That's if right. that happens. And I'm tempting fate, but I'm also like, no, that it's never, it doesn't matter. I could say I was going to drink a thousand Negronis. It won't matter. Like, everybody wants to be logical and they want to be smart. And they go look and say, oh, well, they're under this and the 30 million that and the, like, the blah, 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 blah. And they've got this much money. And, oh, they're the perfect fit. Chapman. Chapman played in Oakland and he, Bob Melvin's, you know, bus boy. Like, you know, like, uh, he, you know, yeah, he, oh, bus boy. I don't know. 
newspaper boy. He used to deliver Bob Melvin's newspapers. He didn't. I'm just making stuff up because that's what people do. They, they get all excited about all of this BS crap. These things that mean nothing. Scott Boris is their agent. Farhan Zaidi is the hobo of the Giants. Greg Johnson is in charge. Like, and history is history. Like, you all keep coming back, and they keep punching you in the nose, and then you come back and you be like, surely they won't punch me in the nose again. Like, this is what history has shown us. Like, out of all of the people out there making podcasts and writing articles, who's winning right now? Ben. ben Henry's winning. Ben is the smartest giant podcaster out there, writer. Like, I'm winning. I'm winning. And I hate you and for yeah. that. I hate you right. for I, that. I mean, you should all hate. Yeah, let, let it let it rain. Let all, let the hate rain. You know what? If 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 lightning strikes and I end up being wrong, thank God. Thank God. But like, I'm not just saying this because it's my role. That's largely why it's hit. It's mainly like you and I, we agreed before ahead of time. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go say all the dumb, mean things. But also, like, I like winning. I like being right. And boy, I've been right a lot. I've been right a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're the one that kept saying that Farhan says one thing and does the other. And that you didn't believe whatever he was saying was going to happen. And but then like, that's like, that's the issue right now. Like, what what do we believe? You know, Farhan is saying that they're done. I part of me feels like that's just a comment to to tell Scott <laughs> yeah, Boris, screw I, you. I know, I know what you think. I know that you think that. But here's the thing. If he wanted Scott Boris to think that, he could just tell him. Like they have each other's phone number. M- maybe he did. Maybe he already told yeah. him that. So he doesn't need to tell us that. Right. Well, we'll he get into that, that later. We'll get into that later because I have some thoughts on right. on some advice right. on how Farhan could could communicate oh, better and, okay. and some ideas. Yes. Well, and we'll get there. But meanwhile, Farhan does have a master plan, right? Farhan has a master plan. Does he though? He does, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But first, I have a question for you. Okay. I think the plan is to make me drink a Negroni. I think that's the plan. That's I don't know if that's the plan, but that is definitely going to be a side effect. <laughs> That's that's my plan. Uh, all right. So here's the question. Okay. You ready? Yeah. What are some good chasers a person could use to follow up a cocktail that they really don't like? Hmm. I'm asking for a friend. No, that's that. That that's a good question. I've also been asking for a friend. Uh, I I I have uh, some thoughts on that. You know, first is my first reaction is just. I don't think you could do worse than a good old daiquiri, you know, just like have that like as your backup. Mm. And as soon as you drink that God awful drink, the Negroni, then you switch immediately to something that just feels good. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's nothing better than a good old fashioned daiquiri of, of, of just, you know, the rum and the lime juice and the simple syrup. It's such a, a sweet, just counteraction to all that's wrong with Negroni. So I, I feel like a good daiquiri could be a good, good follow-up to whatever forceful thing they're making you drink. Well, I hope you're right. Cause uh, whatever it is, you're going to have to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I really don't care. Cause like, it's not going to be my problem. Well, you know, and, and I, I think originally we thought 
that maybe the winner or the loser, as it may be, should just sip the cocktail throughout no. the episode. But then you had no, some no, thoughts no, no, on no. that. No, no, no. You're going to have to drink this fast. Like, you're going to have to, like, I don't know that chug it is the right word, but you're going to have to, like, ooh, ooh. It's like drink, put down on the table. Boom. Drink, put down on the table. Boom. Drink, put down on the mm-hmm. table. Boom. Because I need you to, like, ooh, 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 ooh. And you need to take a big breath after every drink. <sighs> so you really get the old, the, 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 the retro nasal olfaction. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Eh? All right. A, all right. A, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I may just chug it. I think I may just like. <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> not allowed. No chugging allowed. You, you, that was not part of the take, original bet. Gonna, that was no. We hadn't decided, and now that I'm definitely winning, we are definitely <laughs> oh, not doing it. Okay. Way. Okay. Now uh, you're yeah, gonna force yeah, me to drink yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hey, Farhan, baby. Come on, man. Come on. You know, uh, I actually had a conversation with Farhan, and I said, "Hey, could you make this happen?" And he was like, "That's already what's going to be the plan." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. But anyway, today is Sunday, February 18th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants were very, very busy in the last week. They, what uh, what do we say? A Kitchers and Patchers reported. Uh, they signed, and then I believe today, finally, uh, was announced, uh, uh, confirmed. Did he pass the physical? Uh, that he passed his physical. So Jorge Soler is now a San Francisco giant. And, um, and the giants also did some other, uh, roster changes, but most importantly today, Farhan Zaidi declared that the San Francisco giants will probably not. It is unlikely that they will be adding any other players from the available pool of free agents. And for those of you that don't remember, Matthew and I made a bet. I am going to drink one Negroni for every one of the top four remaining free agents, all of whom are in the Scott Boris stable, because they are definitely horses that he owns. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and Cody Bellinger. If the Giants sign any one of those guys, Matthew does not have to drink a Negroni, and I will have to drink a Negroni for every single one of them that they do sign. With the exception being that they must be signed by opening day. If they sign on opening day or later, Matthew drinks. So, Farhan has said that Matthew's going to have to drink a Negroni. Or it is unlikely that Ben will have to drink a Negroni. So we are definitely going to be talking about both of those things. The Jorge Soler edition and the unlikely possibility that the Giants will add the one piece that they need to stand out amongst the middling teams. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're happy to be the 500 team that everybody projects them to be. They're happy to maybe yeah, possibly yeah. make it into the playoffs. Average is good. Average, average is, is fine. good. Yeah, average is good. Like this is this is fine. Like world class team, top five team. Because mm-hmm, that's what five, top five teams do. They just say, "All right, we're good. We're good." That's right. That's right. But you know what? I have a feeling that today Matthew's going to be a little bit of the pessimist. Pessimist. So that means I 
I'm going to have to swing things around and be the optimist. And you know what? I can do that because here's the thing. The last thing I want to do, I want to have happen is for Farhan to sign one of these guys before opening day. <laughs> so, so I am going to try to tell you all why not signing one of the four is a good thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. This is so ridiculous. It's not a good thing. But I'm going to try my darndest. <laughs> I'm going to do it, Matthew. But before we do, you need to ask us our trivia question. That's right. So we do have a trivia question, and it is about stolen bases. So last year, Tyro Estrada led the Giants with 23 stolen bases in only 120 games. To put that into perspective, Michael Conforto and Blake Sable tied for second on the team in stolen bases with four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just sad. But this year, rookie Jung-Hoo Lee will bat leadoff and is expected to be a greater threat on the base pass, although he never stole more than like 13 or 14 bases in Korea in a season. But uh, but anyway, my the, the actual question is, who holds the San Francisco Giants record for most stolen bases by a rookie? You don't know. Chili you da- don't know. Chili, Chili Davis. That is a excellent guess. Is it? Is it even? I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. you know, it was around those times. So you know, that's you're not you're not far off. Ooh, I'm not far off, but that's not the answer. It's not. It's not the answer. Oh man, we'll see how wrong Ben <laughs> is at the end of the episode. I never get these right <laughs> by design, but okay. <laughs> Although I I, I just have fond memories of Chili Davis hitting a home run and then the scoreboard at Candlestick saying red, hot, chili. Chili. Oh, man. So good. Anytime you can make a Chili Davis reference is okay by me. He was my first favorite uh, baseball player. Yes, he was. Chili Davis. And and he'll always have a place in my heart because of how much you love Chili Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just looked at the answer. Interesting. Okay. I might have accidentally guessed that. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? Bob's here. Bob's keeping us on track. Hi, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. So if you go back to our Thursday's happy hour episode, Ben and I both made uh, our cocktails that were homages to spring training. And the only thing that was wrong with my cocktail was, frankly, the name, which I'm calling an orange spring. And what's in an orange spring? It is one and a half ounces of gin, one ounce of dry orange curacao, three quarter ounces of lime juice, a quarter ounce of grenadine, two dashes of orange bitters, and one dash of Peychaud's bitters. You're going to add all those ingredients to a cocktail shaker with ice, shake for 10 to 12 seconds, then double strain into a coupe glass and garnish with a fresh or dehydrated lime or orange wheel. So that's what I'm drinking, an orange spring. And you can find out more about that cocktail by going back to last week's Happy Hour episode. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yeah, Bob, it's pretty good. I really like it. I mean, the name needs a little work, but other than that, it's good. What are you drinking, Ben? 
Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Today, Bob, I am drinking a well-named cocktail because not only am I good at prognosticating the Giants offseason, I'm also good at naming my cocktails. I'm basically the better talented brother. <laughs> this one is called A Bit of Spring. And that's because it, it's a little bit bitter. Anyway, what's in it? It has one and a half ounces of 100 proof rye whiskey. I like Rittenhouse. You can choose whatever, but it's got to be 100 proof. Then it has three quarters of an ounce of Cointreau, because in my mind, that's the official orange liqueur of the San Francisco Giants. It's the unofficial official. And then there is three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, one quarter ounce of simple syrup, and then half a teaspoon of Campari. And yes, that is part of the cocktail, whether you like it or not. Combine all of these ingredients in a shaker with ice, shake until chilled, and then strain into a coupe glass and drink it like an adult. Daintily without holding the coupe glass. You gotta hold the stem. That's why we put it in a stem cocktail glass. It would not be inappropriate to hold out your pinky. And that's what I'm drinking today, Bob. A bit of spring. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It's pretty good. Even with the Campari. But even if you don't want to have the Yeah, even with. If you don't want to have the Campari because you're a wimp like Matthew or other people who listen to the show, that's fine. <laughs> Scott, I'm with you, man. Scott, don't don't listen to them. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh um So the Giants made a big signing this week. They, they did. They, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm the, wait, I'm the positive guy. You're the negative guy, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> did they though? Big. Did they though? They, they did. I mean, he, yeah, they did. They did. They did. They, they did. Why are you doing this mean to me, man? Cause I keep wanting to make like jokes about like how like average his <laughs> lifetime war is. And like, and like how, how few games he plays every season. And like, these are all the things I want to say, but you know what? He hits big home runs. The Giants yeah. signed Jorge Soler, who was last seen murdering, I guess, Logan Webb pitches for the Miami Marlins. And, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, often the Giants sign a World Series MVP, a guy who has led the majors in home runs, uh, or the National League at least. Uh, in 2000, no, actually it was the American League. In 2019, he led the league in home runs with 48. He also 48. led the league in home runs and strikeouts that year with 178. Uh, right. But, uh, but you know, he's got 170 lifetime home runs. Last week, he hit 36, or last year, I should say. Last year, he hit 36 home runs. Uh, when was the last time a Giant hit 30-plus home runs, Ben? It was Barry Bonds in uh, 1874. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's, so It's been a long time. Yeah. So, you know, you, you could argue that this was a good signing. 
I could argue that. And we I, actually talked about this a few episodes ago about a designated DH, like having a guy that actually could just be that position and that we could actually yeah. have someone that could be someone I, that could make a difference there. I asked a question about whether or not it was to be lithe and agile or swole and and strong. And yeah. we both agreed that we should be lithe and agile. And then the Giants go sign a swole and strong guy who causes a lot of weird problems on the roster. But we're not focusing on the negative. So I, I, I I'm focusing on the negative. <laughs> we're not focusing. So so I, I will say this. It is very important to note that the Giants have not had a guy hit 30 home runs since the 2000s. This matters to people a lot. And so therefore, Jorge Soler is is the answer to that problem. I will note that the Giants won three World Series titles during that time. They also won 107 games with, and, during that time. And, and had a Hall of Famer catcher. So... I don't, but but no, people seem to be like, oh, the Giants haven't had a 30 home run hitter, so therefore that's why they suck. I, you know what? Clearly that doesn't matter. But if that's what you care about, well, good news. Chances are Jorge Soler is going to solve that problem because this man hits home runs no matter where he hits. And... Even if you take all of his home runs and you compare to where they would have landed in Oracle Park, he would have hit uh, less home runs over his career, but not a lot less. This man hits balls long and far. I think uh, somebody, I, I read an article where somebody referenced uh, a quote by Dave Rigetti about somebody else where like when, when he hits a ball, it stays hit. <laughs> Which sounds like a truism to me, like logically. That a y- Yogi Bearism like, almost? Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a Bearism for sure, a Bearism for sure. But, uh, but, but anyway, no, I mean, like if you wanted the Giants to go get a power hitter, they got a power hitter. Like if, if you, if that's what you felt like the Giants were absolutely missing, they checked that box. Jorge Soler is legit. He is going to hit home runs and he is going to hit big fun home runs that are going to make you feel giddy for a long time while they fly through the air. And not only that, he's going to do it with a lot of flair. He's going to flip them bats and he's going to take long, slow trots. And, uh, and they are, these are going to be fantastic home runs. I mean, like, like this is the power hitter that people have been wanting. Like this is the guy, this is the guy. Okay. But Let's let's dig in a little bit deeper. So he has uh, this is he's had 10, 10 seasons in the majors. His first season, you don't really count because that was he had 24 games his first year as a rookie. All right. But since 2015, he has had exactly what? Nine seasons. Guess how many. How many seasons has he played? That's more than 101 games in that nine seasons. He gets hurt. Yeah. So he's he's played exactly three seasons in his career where he's played more than 101 games. Okay. He, and and granted, one of those was the uh, the strike year, or I mean the COVID year. But even then, there were 60 games that year. He only played 43. Okay. So, yeah. so 
you know, for us, to, it, last year was a good year. Okay, he had 137 games. He had 36 home runs, 75 RBIs, uh, an OPS plus of 128. So last year was a good year. Okay, but there were and he when he's played, he's actually played well for the most part. But but availability is the best ability, and his whole career, he's only had three seasons where he's played more than 100 games or 101 games, and that's just that that should send a red flag. This is like Mitch Haniger all over again. That this is this has very a lot of Mitch Haniger vibes to it. You know, and and I don't know. Farhan Zaidi seems to have this thing where he he likes guys with a history of injury, and that might be why because he he's was betting able... on the upside. He's like, well, there's he's getting him for a bargain, and he right. can, you know, there there's a reason for signing this guy because he could exceed expectations and give me value. And, right. you know, and, and, he was, and he may be right, but he hasn't been right as much as he's been wrong lately. Well, he was he was able to he was able to get him for three million dollars less than I think what the consensus was that that Solaire would get. Woo-hoo. And uh, and so, yeah, so he found that little bargain that he was looking for. I mean, he does get hurt a lot. Here's here's the other thing about him. Like he can't play defense. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be positive. I'm supposed to be the one that says he can't play defense. Uh Oh, well, so Matthew, uh, I know this is hard, the, a hard role for you, Ben. This but. is hard for me. Uh, 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 how, what am I supposed to say here? Oh, well, the good news is, Matthew, he's an outfielder, so it's not like he's going to lock up <laughs> our DH position. So, you know, I would expect him to play a lot of DH, but since he's an accomplished outfielder, he will be able to yeah, about play that, the outfield. About that, about that. He's not an accomplished outfielder. In fact, he's an awful outfielder. And if he plays if he plays outfielder. the outfielder, think Jock Jock Peterson while drunk. Okay. That's, that's right. That's Jock what is a better you... outfielder than Jorge Soler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So and remember, there were we times sure when Jock, Jock Peterson wasn't? staggered on the warning track and missed balls, right? I mean, this is what we can expect if he's put out there in the outfield. And so we don't uh, want him to be the outfielder. We want him no, to be. No, we don't. We don't. DH, and that's but, the... what, but what that happens, what happens with that is that even though he's the DH, he takes up an outfield slot. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, but that's good news, Matthew, because you just How is said, that good just... news? Because he gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot, and he gets hurt because he's out there trying to catch baseballs, which is ridiculous. Okay, so like a man of his prodigious power, a man of his prodigious power should be resting between his four at bats or maybe five every game. And so we don't want him out there on the field. So luckily, the National League now has the DH, and I believe that that Jorge Soler is now our everyday DH. Okay, but 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 and that's fine. And that's where he should be. But there's yeah. still only 26 active players on a roster. And traditionally the Giants have had 13 offensive players and 13 pitchers. Okay? Yeah. And so the DH slot still takes up one of those 13 slots and it's usually an outfielder slot. Right. So, so now who does that impact? Well, that impacts someone like Matos or Ramos or, or Sable, you know, you, you, one of those guys are all of those guys are basically (laughs) impacted and we're not, they're going to be, so, so we still have, so now we only have four outfielders plus Solaire. 
So you've well, got Conforto, uh, Lee, and Yaz, and Slater. I disagree. And then I, Jorge Soler. I disagree. I disagree. We have five outfielders, if you don't count Soler. So Soler becomes your everyday DH. He can play the outfield if you you know, you know find yourself in some sort of disastrous situation for a game or whatever. But but he's well, your sure, you and DH. I could be out there in a disastrous situation. Sure. Yeah, sure. I I I have caught major league pop up pop flies. <laughs> no, you haven't. I've caught one. What are you talking about? <laughs> Edgardo Alfonso hit one, and I caught it. Okay. All right. All right. You were in the stands, but yes. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Why? But it was like a home run. It was like it was. He hit that thing like three hundred and yeah, four hundred feet, your and, and it was way in. And I caught it. I caught it. It was a major league fly ball, and I caught it. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's better than what I can say. So I would not catch that. So, you know, that's uh, Jorge Soler doesn't. Uh. Well, what I'm Okay. 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 I didn't mean to get off on my, my foul ball, but, but, but here's what I'm saying. He takes up that spot. He's the everyday DH. And yes, that does cause problems. It means like, it does mean like, what do we do with Wilmer Flores? And right. what do we do with Wade Jr.? Well, yes. they become platoon at first base. It does mean that now, and that does mean that Wade is probably your everyday first baseman. You're, he's like your, he's like the, the, what do you call that? The strong side of the platoon. Uh, right. And so now our best hitter from last year is riding the pine. Uh, I, I understand how that, that seems like it might, it might cause problems. Um, I'm new to this whole defending Farhan thing, so I'm just going to gloss over that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just, that sounds like a Bob Melvin problem to me. Um, and uh, but I will say this: Wade Jr. can play the outfield, right? And it's not like he's a bad outfielder, right? He was a center fielder, you know. And the Giants played him in center field a lot over the last three seasons, especially in 2021. So, so the point is, is that like you still have five guys who can play the outfield when you have this combo, this this particular setup. I do agree that it causes problems for Matos and or Ramos. Those guys are both going to be in the minor leagues under this current setup. And I think that sucks, right? Like, I I want to see the young players play. And if you're not going to sign one of the top six free agents this year, then I would really like to see you lean into your young players as much as you can and by signing Solaire, they have created a logjam, which does certainly hurt the younger outfielders. But, you know, we gave Matos, like, I don't know, what, 10 games? And all of the Giants fandom and everybody decided that they don't like him. And so who cares? <laughs> so who cares? I, you know, like, whatever. You know, you know, maybe yeah, only, he's only well, been maybe, one of our top top prospects yeah, for years. And right, we're just going to yeah, give him I, 10 games. to. Prove I hear himself. other yeah. people saying, like, I want to keep all our young players, but I don't want to let them play. And this fits that mold. Congrats, everybody. You won. You, you, you got a guy who blocks the young players, but we didn't trade our young players away. Wait, God, that didn't sound positive at all. Um, no, it didn't. And because you, you're proving my point here, that this is this is not the signing that I think uh, made a lot of sense. I mean, you, know, you look at all the prognosticators and no one had Solaire going to the Giants because it just didn't make sense. Ah. Uh-huh. But that's where Farhan's wisdom yeah. comes in. Yeah, that's, he's smarter he zigs, than everybody. Yeah, he's yeah. the smartest man in the room, and like he's zigged where everybody's zagged. Look, watch—he's going to hit fifty home runs, and one of those home runs is going to put the Giants into the playoffs. They're going to sneak into that third wild card spot. Robbie Ray, Alex Cobb, 
who actually, when I think about it, are, are one pitcher this year. Like, we say that they're two pitchers, but when you think about how much time that they're actually both going to commit to the team, like one guy's going to pitch for two months, and one guy's going to pitch for four months, and the season is six months long, Alex and Cobb, or Cobb and Ray equal one pitcher. But one pitcher who can pitch two days in a row. And so that's what's going to happen. They're going to show up in October, September and October. Solaire's going to start hitting bombs in September. And 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 they're going to drive they're going to barely eke in to get the wild card. They're going to win the first round, then they're going to face the Dodgers in in the NLCS. Ray, Webb, Harrison and Cobb are just going to absolutely annihilate the Dodgers. They're going to win that series in 6. And then they're going to go to the World Series and they're going to beat whatever podunk wild card team comes out of the AL. And then Farhan is the mastermind. And people like me just have to go like worship and grovel and beg for his forgiveness. For forgiveness. Excuse me. I've had a lot of cocktails. Yeah, That's what's well, going to happen. That's it, it. That's what that's the there's your positivity. Tell mm-hmm. me that can't happen. Tell me that can't happen. Yeah. Well, I th- honestly, I do think that is the plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, well, I think that's and, and the Bob, plan. I agree with you. Bob, Bob, what do you think of Farhan? Farhan? Farhan Zaidi, smartest man in the room. Oh, my God, Bob. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say that before. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed, Bob. Agreed. Like, I, I think that is the plan. That is the plan, right? The okay, plan but, but there's is. There's a problem with that plan, Ben. The problem, problem with that plan is that I got to drink a Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, yeah, that is a problem for you. That is a big problem for you. It is a really big problem, and nobody seems to care about that. I, I, yeah, you know, no, Farhan comes out and says does. today, oh, you know, future additions are unlikely. And, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, no, because that means I have to drink a Negroni. Yeah. And like and and you know Scott on Twitter is like tweeting at me like pictures of Negronis and like and you're all like oh, I'm right I'm yeah, right that's right I'm right and 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 if I have to drink a f-ing Negroni so help me God Farhan <laughs> all right I mean then it's just you know I don't even hey. I don't even know what to do because I listen Farhan there's there's one there's one thing that I know that that. That every Giants fan that doesn't like you likes Scott Boris less. Like <laughs> nobody likes Scott Boris. I bet even his like. Can you imagine? Imagine you are one of these four guys right now. You're Snell or Montgomery or Bellinger or Chapman, and you know that these other three guys exist. <laughs> like imagine that. And you're all, and he's got to be telling you, we're going to stick to the plan. We're going to stick to the plan. We're not going to, you know, he's just like, this might stretch out into the regular season and that's okay. We're still going to, we're going to get paid. We're going to get paid. And he's got to keep these four guys like all in line. None of them can panic and be like, go get me the deal because he's got to follow their orders if they say so. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing, like, we all kind of want to watch Boris lose, right? Like a lot of us do. A lot of us want to watch Boris lose, even though it means that like it's really bad for baseball. It's this is horrible for baseball, by the way, because it means these guys won't be playing on opening day. 
four of the best players in Major League Baseball right now, there is a very strong chance that some or all of them will not be in uniform playing on opening day. And that is good for no one except Scott Boris. Like, this is horrible. However, it would be fun to stick it to those guys, wouldn't it? It would be fun. It would be fun to stick it to Boris. And so that is a silver lining to this whole thing, right? Like, you know, and and that's what Farhan said, because he said, he said, well, you know, we'll consider things later on down the line. And he said May or June. Like, I was kind of, I didn't feel super confident when I said, I think these things are going to go into the regular season. And now here we have a GM saying, I expect these guys to be available in June. And then I will consider signing one of them in June, which is just crazy to me. But if that happens, it means that Scott Boris lost. And so that is kind of a silver lining, right? Like yeah, it also means that I have to drink a Negroni though. So I don't I don't uh, see the that's win. That's also that. a victory. I don't <laughs> think anybody who listens to this show, Matthew, cares that you're gonna drink a Negroni. I think they do. I think that they're rooting for me. And not for you. I think that they they want you to drink the Negroni. No, they don't. No, they don't. Listeners, because here's what's going to happen if we drink a Negroni. I'm just going to be like, "Mm, I love Negronis. And I'm going to chug that first one. And then I'm going to sip the other one for the rest of the show and act just like a jerk and talk about how good that Negroni is. Matthew is going to suffer like a baby. Which of those do you want to listen to? Do you want to listen to Cocky Ben? Or do you want to listen to sniveling, suffering Matthew? <laughs> Maybe this wasn't a good idea now that I think about it, Matthew. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners are probably saying, like, I don't want to listen to either of those. <laughs> you know what? No, we have smart listeners, and they all want me to lose. I get it. I get right, but, it. But, okay, so let's let's talk about So let's say I do drink the Negroni. What are... What does that what does that mean for the Giants in 2024? Uh, you know, there, there's there's a lot of impact for not not improving the team. First of all, that's what it is, right? Let's call it what it is. You don't want to do what it takes to make a really competitive team, even though you're under budget from what you spent right. traditionally. Even though you've got four really great players out there, you're basically saying, eh, we're probably not going to sign any of those. We're good. We're going to so save. What, that, what does that say about the 2024 Giants? Well, it says a lot of things. I mean, there's the one question that I always have, which is like when you don't sign the guy and you don't spend that money that you have, where does that money go otherwise? It goes to political candidates. That's where it goes. You you said I couldn't say that. You said I couldn't say that. That's the truth. You said I I couldn't say that. You said I. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you get to. uh, Okay, whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, or it goes to their vacations. Yeah. Okay. Or it goes Maybe. and sits or or worse, it goes and sits in a bank and earns interest and benefits nobody. Except the bank. Right. Yeah. Like like what is that money going to do? It's it's going to it's not going to go anywhere. But I mean, what it also says is, well, I'm supposed to be the positive guy. So let me let me focus on a few positive things that it says. And, and I think this is a positive thing, even though the Giants want to avoid this word. You and I rolled this word out a couple of weeks ago. It means the Giants are rebuilding. 
It means that the Giants are waiting for their young players to develop. And they're going to do what I said they should do last week, which is they're going to let them play so that they can figure out what they have and what they don't have. You let your, your prospects play. You let them prove themselves at the major league level. And then you know what you have. And you go and get the pieces that you need based off of that. So that means 2024 is a rebuilding year. And I think given what has just happened, like, sure, I they did, they they shopped at the top of the market. And I agree. I said they window shopped at the top of the market. That was not a lie. They really did do that. But once the top two pieces that they wanted were gone, they were like, eh, I don't really care. Now we're going to go into rebuilding mode. We're not going to tell the fans that, but that's what we're doing. We're in rebuilding mode. And I think that's good because they now they go let all of these young players prove themselves. And it's going to be an uncompetitive year. But here's the thing. I don't know that the Giants regime believes it's going to be an uncompetitive year. I think they think it might be an okay year. Well, see, that's the problem. Is it? It's probably going to be a semi-competitive year. It's going to be similar to last year where we're kind of hanging around you know, the that third wild card spot and we get into September and maybe we're two or three games out and um and that's just the way it's going to be. Well, you know? but then so you I have think- Cobb and Ray both in your rotation alongside rookie of the year uh, Kyle Harrison and Cy Young uh, front runner Logan Webb and and Luciano is playing a really solid uh, shortstop and he's hitting the ball and Jung right. Huli is is flirting with 400. Okay, so if that stuff all happens, then we're probably in playoff contention. But yeah. You're really betting on Luciano, who so no, far no, I'm not betting like, on that at all. That, no, that's not going to happen. Winter leagues, that's you know, not going to happen. I agree, it's Matthew. No, it's not going to happen. But I think that's what they think might happen. That's, that's what, what they're, they're hoping doing. will happen. Yes, that's yes. what they're hoping will happen. They're they're, they're managing by hope, is correct. what they're doing. Correct, but they would rather spend hope than money. They would rather yeah. spend hope than money. Well, and that that sucks because not right. only as a as a fan. <laughs> That doesn't get me excited about the team. And that seems we go back to this every time. It's like the Giants are, continue to operate as if this wasn't an entertainment business. They don't give a shit about selling tickets. Okay. No. They just, they, they just want to like, put, let's pretend that we're putting out a competitive team. Let's, let's play around with this. Even though we have the money, we say we're a big market team. And yet we, the four best free agents are, that are still out there are not of any interest to us. Just as a bunch of bullshit. And I'm not just saying that because I got to drink a Negroni. I hope not. I hope not. Because otherwise, man, you really don't like Negroni. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, the only silver lining on this is that the Giants have not committed to a one plus one contract. <laughs> that is a plus. That is a plus. Okay. Everybody that they have signed has been for at least three years. And for better or for worse, right? We may be wishing that Solaire signed a one plus one contract on year three. We might be, but uh, also on year three, but like they gave him like what forty two million dollars over three years. We won't care. The That's Giants DF- apparently will. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they're cheapskates. Yes, but like. Okay, I guess that's the question, right? Are we going to continue to believe that the Giants are a top five regime? No, no, we're not going to continue to believe that because they haven't done a damn thing to prove it. 
Okay. They keep saying well, that. They keep saying we're a big market team and we're going to spend on free agents, but that's BS. I don't care. Like, you know, Ben Casper keeps reminding us that we signed, you know, Correa and that we had put all this $400 million to to judge and all that. Sure, but we didn't do that and we're not spending the money now. So you can't convince me that they are interested in signing and spending a lot of money when they now they're saying they're done and they're yeah. below the what they traditionally spent on an average in a, a, a season. So no, no, I agree. They don't care I, about that. I agree that the argument about about that they signed Correa is not a real argument because they didn't, right? They didn't, right? They found right. a way out. They found a way out. They could have not listened to the doctors. They could have signed that contract anyway, but when they heard that news, they decided no. So they didn't sign him. So we cannot look at the Correa contract and say they did it. What you the only good news that comes out of the Correa contract is is that a top end free agent said yes to the Giants. So it's not like no f- top end free agent will ever say yes to the Giants. That's the only good thing. You cannot look like Correa was a win. He wasn't a win. He wasn't this that that he is not a sign that the regime uh, is willing to take risks. In fact, I think he's a sign of the opposite. So so no, the Correa signing. I don't think we can take under that light. I mean, I I do still believe that this regime believes that all of the moves it's are making are going to result in a winning team. But I do think we are getting pretty close to the point where we have to start considering that they are knowingly lying to us. But I'm not ready to quite make that because I still believe they are trying like, I really do. I don't think like, you know, it's like, don't what is that saying? It's, it's like about malice and, and incompetence, right? Like we're assuming malice when it's really just their incompetence. I think <laughs> to this point, and, and I don't even like, I don't think we can call them incompetent. I think they're just competent, right? That's the problem with the San Francisco Giants right now is they're competent. They're not good. They're not bad, but they're definitely not good. They're competent. They want to be good. Maybe they even believe that they're good, but really they're just competent. Yeah, and and, and th- the marketing team isn't going to sell tickets <laughs> by using that slogan. No, we're competent. I, I agree. I agree. As a Giants fan, I will say the one thing that we have to hope for is that the young kids will catch fire and will catch lightning in a bottle and we'll have a Buster Posey and a Tim Lincecum and a Matt Kane and a, Bu- a Madison Bumgarner all show up in roughly the same time period. Yeah, and that's Brandon exactly Crawford what we need. Yeah. yeah, that's what we have to hope for. Because And and I don't know that is that luck, because I, I, I hope it is, because I don't think that the Giants have skill. Like, well, I don't and, think and they have skill. Really, that was the plan all along, right? You develop... You're, you're drafted minor league players into competent or good major league players, and you supplement them with the occasional free agent. That's the Dodgers model. That's what uh, really right. is the plan. The only part of that plan that hasn't come to fruition is that none of the players that they've drafted have become stars. Right. And, and 2024 and, is the year where they start to change that or they prove that they can't do it. Yeah. And so we're starting to find out. But. I agree that it's an uphill battle. And 
and I, you know, like I, I, I think it's annoying that Farhan and and everybody else tries to talk like it's no big deal and like all of the things we've done are good and 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 they talk a big game. That is annoying because we all can see that this team is a mediocre team, right? And I know they've done a lot. They've done a lot of changes. They've added a lot. But you know what? All they've done is replace all of the pieces that they lost because they can never make a long-term commitment. And so they're just kind of treading water. And it's annoying that they don't admit to us that they're treading water. Yeah, I mean, they're treading water with players with upside, but that upside is there's no guarantee that that upside is going to be realized. So if we had Farhan Zaidi in this room, and I don't know how he would do that because he would never agree. But if we had that, Matthew, Mm -hmm. if we were to give Farhan some advice, what advice would you give to Farhan to change the perception that either they don't care or they do care, but they're just mediocre? Okay, I'm glad glad you asked because I've been giving this some thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Okay. I actually have come up with ten pieces of advice for Farhan wow. if he you, were sitting you, in this room. You really okay? have been thinking about this. I okay. have. I, I've been thinking about this. So, number one, Farhan, stop talking to the media. Sometimes, silence is golden. Maybe adopt a speak softly and carry a big free agent approach. Right. I mean, just. Just stop promising things that you right. don't deliver on. Okay, right. so right. that's number yeah. one. Go, go into right. the offseason and say, we're not signing anybody. We're not going to make the team better. And then, boom, Jung Huli. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because then then you you under-promise and over-deliver. Over-deliver. Right? Perfect. Okay. Love it. Love right. it. Good All right. So number yeah. two. Okay. Maybe try reverse psychology. Ooh. Start publicly saying that you're only interested in players that nobody has ever heard of. Right? <laughs> Oh, and then okay. then watch the top free agents line up like they're because they're fearing they're missing out. So there's like FOMO on the uh, right, on the free agent right, side. right. So you're like, I'm out there to get TJ Hopkins. I'm going to exactly. go get Jonah Cox. Exactly. Like, and then I'm Yamamoto's gonna, yeah. like, wait, yeah. what? Like, yeah. maybe I should be looking at the Giants, right? Okay. All right. Number three. Okay. Now, this is something that I've done in my personal life. And so I can say that this is probably, you know, something he should consider. Does it, does it consider work using you? a magic eight ball oh, for decision making. Okay. It okay. might just have a better track record for predict- predicting free agent signings. Okay. I mean, you know, plus it's a great way to deflect responsibility, right? So if they don't sign a player, then you could, Farhan could just say, sorry, folks, the magic eight ball said, ask again later. Right. Chapman's right? in there. He's ready to sign a contract. And then you like shake the magic eight ball one last time. <laughs> and it says, it says, ask again later. And you'd be exactly. like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to cancel this meeting. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. The, the That's free agent, the, 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 the press weird. conference has been canceled. Yeah. All okay. right. Number four, host a reality TV show, The Next Giant Star. Oh, and you no. can let fans vote for which top free agent they want you to sign. I mean, it's interactive and it takes the heat off of Farhan. Right. I mean, it's just how how great would that be? You know, just the fans get to decide if it doesn't work out. Farhan could just blame the fans. It's a foolproof method. I Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything worse that for a team than having somebody like Farhan Zaidi running it. No, I can't. I can't. Who runs the who runs the Rockies? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, okay, maybe that's you. a good question because I, I was going to say fans running the team would be the worst, but I'm actually thinking that fans would do a better job than whoever's I, running the Rockies. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so next one. Next okay. one. Okay. Imp- mm. Implement a bring your fan to work day. Okay. So let fans sit in on negotiations. Wait, would, like me? It's 
like you. Yes. Yeah, so Ben, <laughs> you would get to go in and and sit in on negotiations right, right, on right. bring your fan to work day. Right. And you know, they'd be like, Who's that guy? They'd be like, Well, that's Ben. And they're like, yeah. He's a fan. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then you could like contribute to uh-huh. the signing of right. one of the big free agents. Right, right. Bellinger is sitting there, he's ready to sign, and I'm just there and I'm like, So, Dodger, huh? Yeah. Also, where are you going to play? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's okay, so we're halfway okay. through my list. All right. Okay. All Number right. six. Farhan needs a hype man. Okay. Well, I he used to, to think that would be you, but man. today you you're just gone off the I'm rails. Done. And like, I'm not, I'm I've, not the guy I've for been that, the hype but man. He needs to have someone follow him around and hype up every minor achievement. Farhan just successfully successfully ordered lunch for the office. Boom! Leadership. Right. Jonah I mean, Cox. just every little. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Jordan Hicks, woo woo woo! You know, just every little every little signing gets to be T.J. Hopkins hype. for a player to be named later. <laughs> Leadership. All, all right, all right. Okay, next I'm one, and, uh, maybe maybe announce a partnership with you know, forget Cruz. Okay, now oh, it's yeah, uh, no. a, a fortune teller. Okay, so before any major decision, consult the crystal ball. It's as reliable as anything, right? And fans yeah. love a bit of mystique, right? Like, right. I think they would just eat that up. Okay. I really want to insert a cruise joke here, but I feel like that would be in very poor taste, so I'm just going to gloss over that. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Here's another one. Create a loyalty point system for fans' patience, okay? Oh, wow. So the, the longer that fans like us stick through the ups and downs, the more points we earn, okay? And Ooh. then and then we can redeem those points for exclusive I survived the off-season merch, <laughs> right? So it'd be like, you know, just you could wear that to the ballpark. It'd be SF. I survived the giant the off-season. <laughs> Coming and- soon to the giant cocktail store. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Number nine: start a fake beard trend. Right? I Wait, mean, it what? worked. It, it, if it worked for Brian Wilson and the 2010 bullpen, maybe it can work for front office mojo. Call it "Fear the Beard" front office edition. <laughs> Nothing like something that's 14 years too late, right? Hey, like yeah. that should that should be the motto this year. Fear the beard. Just 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 no no like yeah, just fear the beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nobody's wearing a beard, but nobody's, just, just yeah. do that. Like we don't even have brebia anymore and it's yeah, just like yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then my right. final my fi- my final offer and and I think this is the best one. Okay. Launch a podcast. Okay, oh, called no. Inside the Mar- the Mind of Farhan. All right. That would be the podcast. And he would just it would just be candid thoughts on anything but baseball. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it would allow fans to get upset about entirely meaningless things like episode mm-hmm. one could be why I believe pineapple belongs on a pizza. Yeah. You know? and, and just <laughs> it was the cheapest condiment. It was on cheaper sale. than pepperoni. Have you seen the pepperoni, the pepperoni prices? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's got a lot of flavor. It's got a lot of zing, you know. <laughs> So I, I think I think Farhan just needs to just one of those things at least you know just choose one right. where uh, where where maybe maybe that would help you know uh, you know and, and and frankly stop talking to the media is probably the first I mean the, the number one thing I mean stop talking to the media I think is probably yeah like I think he should use the magic eight ball to talk to the media. <laughs> Like, you know, because then when they at ask least, a question, he shakes it and he said, all oh, my yeah, sources say no. Yeah. And then he says signs. Yeah. Signs point to, to no or signs point to yes <laughs> or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, it is very difficult to understand 
what the Giants are trying to do. And I think a large part of that is because of the message that they're putting out. I I think you're right, though. The Giants, what the Giants are trying to do is they're trying to build from within with young, solid players and then augment that with free agents, right? And, but I think that's what every team is probably trying to do. The problem, yeah, with this that is that, that the problem, the tricky part is getting those really good, you know, minor league players to play and, well. And it, and it seems like the Giants have a bunch of kids, as we saw last year, that are okay, but really nobody that's a breakout, right? There is no freak. There is no greatest. No Corbin Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and there's no greatest postseason pitcher of all time. There's no, there's no Hall of Fame catcher, right? Like we haven't seen those those sorts of people come out of of the the system. And you know, unfortunately, I don't really know what it takes to be good or bad at that because right now it just seems like the Giants are just hoping that they'll get lucky. And. And well, I, I think that they've they've they're try they're counting on the players that they have developed and and you know and, and drafted and and all of that. Well, I mean that's what they're counting on. I'm sure they believe that, but from my perspective, it looks like luck. Right? Yeah. They're not the Rays. They're not the Dodgers. They're not one of these organizations that has been good at producing young players. And maybe we just haven't given them enough time yet. Maybe it's going to take 2025 and 2026 for that all to be fully proven. But at a certain point, one has to begin to wonder whether or not the San Francisco Giants and its current makeup can develop players. If that is the strategy, and that does appear to be the strategy, five years is, a, is seems like long enough. Certainly, you know, into 2024, we should begin to start seeing the results. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and especially since we've seen a lot of those players get get, you know, kind of cups of coffee last year, and we saw you know, uh, spurts, uh, but you know, someone like Patrick Bailey obviously is being counted on quite a lot. Kyle Harrison, similar, right. Uh, Marco Luciano is the biggest unknown and he's, you know, front and center. He's, he's a pivotal, crucial part. If Marco Luciano doesn't perform, then the season could very much be a failure. I I agree with that. The middle in the, the shortstop position is a complete hole. If Marco Luciano does not fill it. And uh, we, uh, you know, we are going to be seeing a lot of we're going to be asking ourselves who a lot or maybe we're going to see a lot of Tyler Fitzgerald or Casey Schmidt or, or Otto Lopez or Otto, well, Otto Lopez. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's that's the hope. I mean, I think where we stand right now, though, it is pretty clear. The Giants are leaning on their young pitching they're going to hope that Luciano clicks. And I think they're assuming that one of the Boris four will be available in the season. And if they need to reach out and grab that person, that they'll be there to get. And uh, and then they hope that they will tread water until Cobb and Ray come back. And then things will start to solidify and they will eke into the playoffs and they'll rely on a dominant rotation to get them through the playoffs. I think that's the plan. It's got to be because there's no really other plan than that, right? I no, mean, it's, I mean, that is the plan. That is the plan. And what I don't like about that plan is it has so many ways to fall apart and not very many ways to hit. It is not a great plan, but it's the plan. 
It means I'm going to drink a Negroni. You're going to drink a Negroni. That that for, that is definitely going to happen. Look, look, here's the thing, though. Like the Giants could win the World Series under that plan, and you could still drink a Negroni, which is what I love about it. Great plan, Farhan. <laughs> love it. Love All it. right. Well, it's probably time for the trivia question answer. It is. So, uh, as you recall, the question was, who holds the San Francisco Giants record for most stolen bases by a rookie? The answer to that question is none other than Dan Gladden, who stole 31 bases as a rookie in 1984. And it's funny because I could have sworn that Dan Gladden wasn't a rookie with the Giants. Like, and I remember him being a prominent role in the Twins World Series team. Yep. Uh, uh, but but I, I had forgotten that he broke into the majors with the Giants as a rookie and stole 31 bases. And I remember Dan Gladden as a center fielder for the Giants. And he was quite the, the center fielder. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Zhang Huli, another center fielder, can maybe break that rookie record for stolen bases. Agreed. You know what's fun to do is to go look at like during that era and look how many players the Giants traded away that were good. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's not that fun, but anyway, yeah, he was traded uh, with Dave Blakely. Um, for for a player to be named later, Jose Dominguez and Ray Velasquez. And wow. uh, none of them ever made it to the majors except for the player to be named later. Uh, Dan Gladden finished fourth in Rookie of the Year uh, voting uh, in 1984. Wow. Wow. Brian Hickerson was the player to be named later, and he debuted as a 27-year-old in 1991. <laughs> wow. Interesting thing is Dan Gladden stole 31 bases in only 86 games. Wow! Oh, that's right. Because so, uh, oh, goes was it? Did he just only? Play it was his rookie year. year. He didn't start yeah, yeah, out okay. the season with the Giants. Got it. But uh, Got it. Um, yeah, finished fourth in the rookie of the year voting in only eighty six games. So, all right. Good old Dan Gladden. That's the answer. Zhang Hu League thirty one bases. That's the goal. There you go, Zhang Hu. All right. Well, looking yeah. ahead, Ben, uh, we're Thursday's happy hour episode. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking an homage to spring. A cocktail that I accidentally invented on last Thursday's show, but will feature next week with a lot of tweaks. Hay fever. Yes. Ben's drinking the hay fever. I am drinking a spirit forward cocktail called the ninth inning. So check in with us on Thursday to learn more about those cocktails. Uh, Opponents. Coming up. Now, you said that uh, we're starting to have spring training games coming That's up. That's right. On Saturday. But really, our biggest opponent, at least mine, is Farhan Zaid. Yes, that is. I mean, that has been, I think, Giants fans' biggest opponent uh, for quite a while now uh, has been Farhan Zaidi. Um, but yeah, you, you do have a lot to uh, a lot to deal with there. Uh, let me quickly check to see who the Giants are playing. The Cubs and the, Cubs. the Texas Rangers. Yeah, they'll be playing the Cubs on Saturday and then the Texas Rangers on Sunday. And uh, The defending we'll... World Series champion. That's right. Texas Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers without Jordan Montgomery. And we'll be facing the Cubs without Cody Bellinger. Uh, maybe. Probably. <laughs> 
probably. probably. Yeah. 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 All right, folks. Well, uh, check in with us next week on uh, on our Monday episode to find out how we did on our first two spring training games. And hopefully we can talk about the Giants signing one of the top four so that Matthew doesn't have to drink a Negroni. Uh, I'm going to keep clinging to that hope. You drink it in a in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already and uh, rate us on the podcast listener of your choice, except if you're on Spotify and going to give us a four. Like, what What the hell, dude? Like, why <laughs> did somebody on Spotify give us a four? Yeah. You know, if you're not going to give us a five, then don't bother, man. It, it really uh, doesn't help us at all. I, I believe that listener was a one for Hans <laughs> <laughs> probably the then understood understood yeah. entirely but anybody else why we didn't do anything bad to you uh anyway uh so don't forget to do that uh also tell a friend uh you know or retweet some of our our repost some of our social media platform posts that would be great uh, and it really helps the show uh in the meantime ben it's been great chatting with you and we will see you on thursday for the happy hour episode until then my friend cheers cheers matthew bye everybody goodbye everybody thank you for listening to the giant cocktails podcast until next time bottoms up Man, you got angry. You were angry. I'm going to have to beep out some uh, You're going to have to beep out. Yeah, you threw some shit in there late in the show, man. You were I know, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. Late shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know cuz like it went the later in the show it is, the more like you're like <clears throat> It is. That's usually the way it is. I'm like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I got to find that one." <laughs> oh shit, find the shit. That's right. <laughs>